0: Ward podcast five go Dylan Mason. What's up man? Not much How you feeling
1: feeling I'm
0: feeling good. Yeah yeah it's the week of August 21st. It's Friday. It's Friday. what day to record this? We don't know. I'm Mason Brown. time is an illusion. This is Dylan Elvento We make up what is Ward? And we, we aspire to make games. We make games. We don't aspire to We actually make games. I want to rename it to What is Ward. What is Ward? The podcast? No, everything. It's What is Ward. WhatisWard.com. What have you been doing with Dylan? Find out the truth. <laughs> WhatisWard.com.
1: I've been working on and trying to finish up nightlife, and I've also been going to school. How about yourself?
0: I'm going to school. It's been a very busy week. I bet. Uh, and then I've been finishing the website. That this podcast will live on. Um. A little house. On the web prairie. Yeah, school's been school's been hard. Tell me about your school. Uh, I mean. I don't know. All they, right, good talk. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It's um. it's, it's a lot of. thinking's hard and you do a lot of thinking so in the most non-descriptive way it's pretty much they're canonizing you in their first week where they essentially knock you down and beat you up so that you come out bruised and battered and ready to learn so that's my school but I'm only beginning my school whereas you're ending your school you're the, the cool old guy yeah the cool old 23 year old undergrad yeah.
1: So cool. an undergrad or twenty three, I guess. Um. Well, tell me, tell me more about like, like go through all your classes because I mean we've. Kind well, of- I haven't
0: had all of them yet. I've only had two, nope. which is terrifying. What? Yeah. So remember how much I've been in doing group work and stuff like that, or assignments. Yeah, I haven't even had my other two classes yet.
1: Okay, so what are your four classes? What are they called? First off, what where do you go? I go to the Brand Center, which is part of what.
0: Oh, the VCU Brand
1: Center. Yeah, I don't know. Right. About that. Yeah, Specify what the, university you would go to. I guess.
0: Uh, well, I think more people would probably recognize it as the Brand Center. Okay. Than the VCU Brand uh, Center. Outside of the Richmond area, I'm sure. Yeah, it's usually known as the Brand Center. It, um, it has a
1: pretty big footprint in
0: the ad world. Yeah, it's I reckon. A big, big branding and marketing school. Um, studying what my track is experience design, and that is the uh, essentially it's a merging of it used to be the creative technology track but essentially it's, it's taking the, the elements of user experience the, el- the elements of uh, information architecture development um, rapid prototyping and applying the creative process to that that you would learn traditionally in advertising as an art director or a copywriter and a lot of conceptual thinking um, there's a big trend I mean there's a big saying in advertising that anyone can do advertising and it's absolutely true and a lot of really, really a lot of advertising is shit, but you have to go to school to learn how to make really good advertising and that's fairly consistent across the industry. Most of the good ad people, uh, especially lately have come out of ad programs um, because conceptual thinking is something that you you either spend 25 years developing, attacked for you go to school and learn it and then develop on top of that.
1: Yeah, I feel like in my case, at least in the school of business because in engineering school, you know, a lot of the um, computer science students seem to have a more conceptual mind. But in school business, they actually have classes geared towards like, especially in the entrepreneurship program, I think there's someone had a topics course called Creativity or Creative Thinking last semester Mm because it's just like, you're not really taught that much. If, If your mindset is to go into business, you're not, you know, the stereotype is that you're not going to be as creative a person. But if you're in the entrepreneurship track, you kind of need that, especially to be innovative and to constantly be on your feet and thinking.
0: Right. Pivot. Um, and they, they kind of teach us as the interaction between the client, which is the business-minded people, but even in advertising, you have, you have strategy, which is your business-minded, but it's different type, type of tactic. It's not minimum viable product. It's all target audience, segmentation, product deployment. It's the marketing aspect as opposed to... But more and more it's moving towards doing product development for companies, doing things that are part of campaigns. Um, but
1: still, that's still not business dev.
0: No, 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 no. It's not any like... Right, you're right. So anyways, they, they explain to you that you are the... You go in on behalf of... Essentially, there's people that make stuff and people that get stuff. These are the there's two things that exist in the world. There's the makers and the getters. Well, and there's this, so you have the clients and the, the people that buy their products. And, and most advertising is, is purchase-driven. Or, or they need to subscribe to a thought. Or they need to see... They need to, they need to engage. Um, the people are asked to see advertising at all times throughout the day. Um... The clients expect that their product itself is interesting enough that the people will automatically latch on to it but those people will find their product on their own so they wouldn't come to an ad adver- they wouldn't come for advertising if they thought that they needed it because the people that knew about their stuff or that needed it would have come gotten it which is why some companies can work without advertising um, but if you want to scale up or you want to have anything larger and meet a larger market you need a group of people that understand the people. That's why your strategy that can make something that differentiates itself in the world of advertising and uh, makes them want to engage. So that's kind of like... It's really hard to explain what you do in advertising.
1: I, I like, you know, I've hung out with you yeah. for many years and I'm still, still kind of a black box to me.
0: And people in advertising don't it's hard to explain to other people because it changes every other day like what you do in one day is there's not like a even at SBNA I was a web developer but I was doing strategy I was doing I you know I was running IT for the the clients that need to run software in their company I was doing uh, you know it's just its so much is based on the needs of people that come to you that you you, you pretty much reinvent the wheel. That's also why it seems a lot of people coming out of the
1: brand center aren't just getting hired from advertising agencies. You know, if you go on their website and we've talked about before, it's just, you know, Facebook, Lego, who else?
0: Google. Google. A lot but, of big, well, big names. Like oh, the, it,
1: the guy who got hired to be an Imagineer. The Imagineer. Yeah. That's,
0: yeah, that thing got me. Well, I mean, you learn... They teach you skills that
1: Well, I feel like it's the same thing that people say about an art degree, is that they teach you to be creative. So even though if you might not technically be a practicing artist, those skills are still valuable.
0: And your first semester seems pretty similar to kind of how AFO throws you in, making you do stuff that's out of your element, your specialty, and you can go back into it, but they want you to understand, you know, that your first semester you were in a group with all the tracks, and you each bring your skills to the table, but you have no actual hard skills yet. You haven't been in school. So pretty much you're all working towards one goal. Um, It's called business of branding. So that's the class I've had already. I've had creative thinking, um, which is essentially every week you're assigned a project and the class looks at what you've made. And a lot of the commentary comes from the class because in that class there are big pushes that your peers in this program are your greatest asset because these are the ones that be making stuff with you. You need to learn how to talk with them. You need to learn how to work with them. And eventually, down the line, you need to go ask them for a job or ask them to be your, your employee. Be your employee. Um, so you need to have a, a trust. And they really push that camaraderie, which I like a lot.
1: Um, Hopefully I, there's no stabs in the back
0: where you start well, shitting on everyone else's or they, someone shits on yours. I think that that's okay, though, because... I think, at the end of the day, everyone wants to leave this program with the best possible book. Well, that's and what I
1: meant by stabbing the back. I yeah. mean, like, them taking it the wrong way. Because, oh, obviously, what? you should be harsh in your criticism <laughs> to a certain extent.
0: I mean, yes, people, they say there's a lot of tears, but um, it's only because they want to teach you to be able to look at your own creative work through a lens of, this is actually cool, or this is cool to me, or... So... trying to enter the this class like they want you to design a t-shirt and I'm like I'm just gonna make the one that I think is cool and then if it gets torn apart that's fine because I'll know how to iterate and I can learn from I'm gonna have a much better time not doing what I think is cool that people will like and a better time doing what I think is cool and then seeing if that appeals to people right which is harder you know because in advertising, it's really easy to be like, "Well, the teacher wants this, so I need to do this." Yeah. But they in here, they, they, they want you
1: to. You've spoken about before about having to read a room, and seeing how oh, the room yeah. is going to respond to a certain thing. You know, and we're taught that too in business school, and even to a certain extent in engineering. It's like if you're you need to know your audience. You need to know what audience you're speaking to. If you're speaking to the board members, you can't come out with all this technical jargon. If you're speaking to the engineers. Oh, sure.
0: Then it'll be a different mindset. And then, with that in mind, though this first this creative thinking class, though it's like they're generally judging your. They don't give a shit about you, and they're judging your ideas. Um,
1: on on the premise of what, on the premise of whether or not they like it, on the premise of whether or not
0: whatever they want it to be, and everyone's coming there from different angles because you have all you know. In my class, it's art directors, copywriters, and XDs, um, which are experienced designers. So they might be coming from that angle, and they might just be coming from their gut reaction. But the point at the end of the day, when you put a product out there, you put something out there, you, you can't measure their reaction. You just know they're going to react.
1: In consumable media, I feel like the gut reaction is more valuable. Because I feel like before I started going here, I had a conversation with the former chair of the communication arts department, and he told me something really interesting and salient, but I thought it applied more to fine arts. He mm-hmm. said... If I look at a work of art, and someone, and either I or someone else says whether or not they like it, they like it or they don't like it, that doesn't mean anything. What means something is, does this piece of art... Have a reaction? Or not just that it has a reaction. Does it, like... Does it contribute something to the greater, you know, statement of whatever art movement it's a part of, whatever... Like, is it pushing something forward? Is it doing something? Right. Um... Which I think was really, really interesting, and really kind of changed my perspective on things. But obviously, that's not the purpose. That the purpose is for advertising and consumables. You're gonna have a different tact because you do want to make something a little bit more visceral. Like I'm not saying the previous fine arts thing doesn't
0: exist. No, I think it's 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 a different kind of art. You know what I'm saying? Like. I think there's a, people. People could argue that advertising is the summation of, like, taking that concept and being like, how how do we? I'm doing a bad job explaining this. So the communication, so the communication arts person talked, told you that, and then you thought that that applies to like a fine arts thing, but not to media.
1: Yeah, like popular media.
0: Right. So well, not in the. Surf- I don't think you're under. Don't worry, I'm not. It's all good in the hood. I'm not saying because you're not wrong. But the thing is, is that advertising is more of like. I have a candle. Why the fuck is Yankee Candles willing to sell their stuff for fifteen dollars? Generic brand candles are six. There's some thing that was created, some story something right because at the end of the day it's still a candle you know and there's there's something there and that's that's what that's a lot of advertising is figuring out why why is that important to people because it is it's just oh years and years and years people have proven again and again that they will buy you know why would they go to a premium hotel besides the fact the amenities are nicer than one that's close but there's still some association with quality that's arbitrary and I think a lot of advertising is developing that. So, you know, and it's about me making it consumable, but the problem is that a lot of advertising is bad. And it's too consumable. You know. Like it's forgotten. Yeah, I mean, a lot of ads are... My creative thinking teacher says it's 99.7% of ads are shit. So that's about three only standard industry. deviations. Yeah, so the only industry that you can make shit work and people will pay you for it. But... And we'll talk about this later But a lot of it Has to do with the pace Of the industry too Um
1: oh, good. You brought up some, Do you know what Six Sigma means? Like I know you know The term But do you know What it means? So
0: we had a uh, I probably shouldn't say that I'm familiar with the, the black belt training For whatever Six Sigma is But you don't know What actually Six Sigma the term mm-hmm. is Okay so
1: 99.7% On a bell curve That's three standard deviations That's mm-hmm. three Sigma Six Sigma is like 99.99999 whatever out percent. And so it's a quality control thing. So you want Six Sigma of whatever you're producing to fall within the quality, the quality guidelines.
0: So is Six Sigma black belt training, like teaching you how to do quality assurance out of a company?
1: I don't, I think they're spanning what it applies to, like apply to management, apply to. You see it a lot in process training. All the different things. But I think it originally applied to operations and manufacturing because that's where I learned it I learned it in operations well that's where
0: it makes sense that's cool
1: but then that term made more sense because I was like what like what does six sigma mean this sounds like some weird like faux uh roman mythology kind of (laughs) thing
0: um yeah, I always thought it was some some Greek thing, I guess, because of sigma or like the or just Roman numerals, I guess. Maybe. Well, sigma just means average. Oh.
1: And or no. Sigma no sigma is six. standard deviation. So six sigma is six standard deviations.
0: Huh. Mu is average. So like the. It took a lot of snap. Less cloned, mu too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think every person who's ever played Pokemon who also took
0: statistics has made that joke. So you know what's weird is that I've never had to explain what I do to people because, I mean, I try to do to you every once in a while, but I, I almost get, like, tired. Because it's, it's such a, not that I'm saying you shouldn't, like, that's the most I've ever tried to explain it. Because um, my family's worked in marketing. They're all, you know, well, the, the ones that aren't bartenders are, you know, in sales. So they understand what advertising does for them. But they're or not they're part in, of it. They're in marketing, right. But they don't... They never... They just make sense. A lot of people, they don't like... They have, like, a thing in orientation where they're like, here's how you explain what you do to your parents. And then in big bold letters, it's just like, fuck. <laughs> like, there's a lot of swearing. Um, and it's... It's a weird industry that they're very excited about because they move into the very interesting parts of the industry... But a lot of it's dry and sucks. <laughs> well, you are getting an MBA, so some of it's going to be dry. Uh, I don't know if I get an MBA. Oh, that's what you said. No. I get a master's. You get MS? I think it's an MS. I don't think I get an MBA. Hmm. Um, Still cool. If I, mean, I thought that at one point, that would make sense. But now I'm pretty sure I don't. Um, I mean, I'm getting two BS's. I have, yeah, I, have, I have a BA. I have two BSs. One. I have one. Wait, creative, a double major.
1: Creative ad isn't BA? No. no, 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 no.
0: There's a mass communication degree. Okay.
1: Um. Well, a BA is not a BFA. If you go to the art school, you get a BA. A BFA. If you go to H- a yeah, H- 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 hum- sciences, I'm, humane
0: sciences is, is. Wait. It's still a bachelor of sciences. Because journalism is a bachelor of science. Okay, that makes sense. I don't know. I could look at my degree. It's right there. <laughs> it's, on to, it's under... <laughs> under... Is it under my, Legos? No, it's under my portfolio. And a couple notebooks. Um. So yeah, those are the two classes I've had this week. But pretty much they, they throw you into this... I don't know if I'm talking a lot, but this hole where they're, just, they're setting you up to just get up in front of people and, and fail so that you do it and you get it out of your system and you get used to it which is I'm actually really excited about because you know having worked in advertising for a little bit you get it there but you know I want to get it on a level where I'm around people that I, I do not want to let down in a very serious way because yeah I wish we had more of that in um
1: in the business school cuz I mean we do have that a little bit but the failing is more like we have we do a business pitch and then the professor just shoots it down. Yeah, but like that's very one-sided. That's a one perspective, and that was an intro to entrepreneurship.
0: I mean, I haven't had that since. Hmm. Well, and what's weird is, it, I think that they, they hit a lot because the workload is so insane, and like even the application was a ton. That the people that finally do get in work at a, they have a work ethic that makes the output that you make fundamentally... It's already better than what I was doing when I was doing ad before because there's no stakes for them. This is just their degree. They don't... Like, there are stakes for some of them. Like some of them really care, you know? But some of them are willing to put out because there's no there's no previous experience for most people. You're talking about undergrad? Yeah, Okay. in, in, in ad. And then working at an agency... It's really easy to fall into a this is what we've done, this is what we're gonna do, and it's not as creative. Luckily, I found like web development so I learn, you know, but like I still like that aspect of like finding like new stuff to do that hasn't been done. I don't know. So, anyway, creative is that class, and then I have information architecture and physical computing next week. Those sound cool. Those are my track classes. Those are the ones I'm most excited for. And those are the ones with the professors that I like a ton. Um, So. What about your schedule, Daiwan? Uh, I'm taking, you know, the standard 18 credits.
1: Oof. From here until Oblivion. And then I have to take one over the winter, But, um... So... (laughs) So, before I say what classes I've taken, I have, for the business school, you have to take a class called Information Systems, Mm -hmm. or Business Information Systems, which is part of the Information Systems track. Right. And it's basically IT. It's their IT track. Yeah, it's setting up, like, is it setting up, like, share servers and stuff? I have no idea what the class is about. Really? I think it's all intro stuff. So, there are, like, smaller level classes that basically teach you word processing, stuff like that, which, obviously, I got out of. Can you place, like, how do you... You place out if there's an internal test that the school business gives out. It's like info 160 equivalency test. And if you do... It just asks you like... actually you very basic... Th- I mean, not super basic. I don't know how well I did. I think I got like an 80% on it or something. Mm-hmm. But it'll ask you... It, it kind of runs the gamut of like... Components of a PC to web languages to... Just stuff like that. Anything that would probably... That any day-to-day white-collar worker would probably touch. Yeah. Like so you have an inkling understanding of what it is. And I think mm-hmm. the business information systems class, which is Info360, kind of builds on that stuff and kind of goes into, like, this is how software is used to, you know, improve payroll or improve, you know, scheduling. Season, yeah. 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 yeah, that's what it's about. So I wrote this long-winded email to who I thought was the chair of the information systems department a couple of days ago about how I've worked at software developers. I have done all this intern work, you know, being exposed to stuff, I'm a double major in the computer science department, school engineering, blah, 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 and he emails me back, he goes, made really good points, make a really good case, you should email the actual chair, (laughs) because they haven't haven't updated the business school site, because it's an acting chair, was this guy, so I emailed him. Okay. So he said, talk to your advisor, which I don't have right now, because my advisor got another job somewhere, and so left, and haven't assigned me a new advisor. They don't have,
0: like, an intermediary one? I haven't gone in and asked because
1: there's a line going out the door. So yeah, it's a bad, it's drop a bad week.
0: time. It's well, not a big deal. Suck.
1: Oh yeah, because it's not going to matter until later. Yeah. Well, I just need it as a pre It's my last pre for for class for strategic management, which is of course, which is the capstone course for all business students that I have to take. In the, is in it school. hard? It's like a fifty-page paper. They give you a fuck. It's but it's grouped. It's in a group. That sounds worse. Well, <laughs> so what they do is so strategic. <laughs> no, I mean, I think. Well, I just want to explain the class because it's kind of interesting. What they do in strategic management is they take everyone, because every business student has to take this class. Um, so they pair you up with people from different disciplines. So mm-hmm. I'm a business administration major. They've probably given me like an accountant major, finance, information systems, marketing, whatever, PR maybe. And then they say, okay, here's Kmart. <laughs> <laughs> right? Do all this research on why Kmart is failing from all these different aspects—financial, the blue executive, light specials aren't blue enough. Sorry. And all these different things. Okay. And then tell us why it's failing, and and then write us a report on how you would fix this company. And right. So they give you a failing company, and then it's your job to understand why they're failing and unfail them, And unfail them, and oh, that's yeah, and that's basically what the class is about,
0: huh? That's awesome. Yeah, so that's That cool. sounds rad. And
1: I'm taking the honors version of it, so hopefully the...
0: Calibers will... And I'm not, Dude, I mean... I had, like... Some of the people that I met in undergrad went and just got awesome jobs because they were that good. But there was just a fucking bottom end that just drove me insane because they didn't... They didn't care. Well, I feel like I see that... I see that skill set more
1: in computer science classes really cuz there's because they're skilled laborers like like in business anyone can be a business student so you're seeing
0: more try try like more yeah more effort see that that I would have guessed it was the other way around that's mm -hmm. really from my experience from my observations well yeah of course but like that's actually really fascinating because I think it's a good your business school is doing a better job at fostering that desire as well right and there are great students in the business school I mean, the business program does pretty well too. Like the NBA program here does pretty well too. Yeah. When you have Darden down the street, that's kind of hard. Darden and, business UBA? school. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but <laughs> when I was um, going to orientation here, the associate dean was saying how he, he went to UVA and right. he was like, we had executives come talk. And the executives that came talk was like, I don't know, he listed off a, a couple of random people and then he said, and then the owner of like five Chick-fil-A's and UVA because that's all I had out in Charlottesville. Really? I mean, and obviously this was probably back in, like, the 70s or something, but...
0: No, no, no. I mean, Charlottesville's not a... You know, we don't have any big... Like you could do one in Richmond and invite some Cap 1 execs or something. Like, some people yeah, that have Cap a lot one, of sway. Dominion, Dominion, yeah. Cap Tech. And Richmond's a good city to go to school in because, not to, like, cheer your horn, but I feel like you get... You're just around... You're around working working. A lot. So you're either working or you're you're seeing people that work. I just feel like it's. You hear kids that go to more campus style, traditional universities, you know.
1: Yeah, you got. It. And yeah. they're like
0: blindsided by like. Just what well, like the real world, not the real world, but like a. Or like a Virginia working.
1: Tech, it's like Blacksburg. It's like you have to dig kids out of Blacksburg because I mean, there's nothing really. There's no industry there.
0: Right, but in in that type of engineering, though, you usually go. What you're doing in school is what you're going to do for a company. I feel like. Right, no people, research. Oriented. Like people will go to tech to get you. Right, you know. But I'm saying, like in business or in any in any like more entrepreneurial types work, you know, where you're selling your stuff, you have to sell yourself. You know, I think it pays off to be in the at least in an urban environment, just because you're you're constantly around people, especially people that p- aren't. You're not. Yeah, right. Yeah, they're not your classmates. Yeah. Um, Which is what I love. Like, I love going to 7-Elevens in Richmond is the best thing you can do. Just to, like, there's the Capital One $100,000 a year employee in there getting his coffee. And then there's the homeless guy refilling his cup. And, like, there's no, it's because 7-Eleven is everywhere and it's convenient. Like, you know. So, I like that seeing that type of interaction. But that's cool that the consignment is a bunch of lazy fucks. Just kidding.
1: No, it's the business students.
0: No, at least the comp side ones are the lazy ones.
1: No, I said the reverse. Oh, shit. That's what I meant. Oh. That's why I was surprised that you were surprised.
0: No, okay. Yeah. Okay. No. So then my my theory checks out. Yeah. That sucks. Ah man. I was all excited about it. All right, so you're telling me that the comp side students have more hustle than the business students. It
1: might not even be that I have more hustle. They just probably come in with more skills and they have
0: more extracurricular interests. Uh, to be in the engineering school, it's hard. Yeah. I and mean, you find some impressive. So,
1: you know, half the students aren't paying attention in class because they're just working on projects on their computer. They're
0: just coding. Well, most of them are just going to learn on their own anyways. Yeah. I mean, you included, it seems like you had a hard time with the fact that the...
1: It's, you know, it's quality professor. It's, so I'll go over what I'm taking this semester. I'm taking... So my first class I went to on Wednesday was Management Development Skills, which I was really excited about Mm -hmm. until I started Management Development Skills, and I don't really know how it's going to shake out yet. I kind of have an inkling. I got really mad this morning because this was our second session. It's a Monday, Wednesday, Friday class at 9 a.m. It's 50 minutes, and... It's supposed to teach you... So, the prereq for this course is something called organizational behavior, which is basically like business psychology. Hey David, yep. Yeah, it's like it quantifies a lot of stuff about like people's personality and how it relates to a work environment. Mm-hmm. And then this is you, as a manager, applying that knowledge and directing people and managing people and managing people's expectations. And
0: Is that what a lot of business school is? Is like how to do like structural management? Not really. Really? Well, because...
1: In order, and I'm speaking as a business administration management major, um, a lot of me is just me touching
0: everything. Right. So you understand the, the, the components. So I've taken... So you know what the hot dog's made of? Yeah. Okay. I've taken three
1: semesters of econ, two semesters of accounting, I've taken several marketing classes, I've taken, like, and then, you know, a smattering of management classes. But the management classes, the management was kind of an umbrella department that <laughs> kind of covered everything.
0: Everything. I mean leadership It's a weird thing Because I never thought it to be a taught Skill I mean it is But that's, that's the pers- thing it's not really being
1: taught What they're teaching is you being able to understand These principles that are kind of tangential To leadership Okay. But it's not like they throw a Situation at you And then you write down an essay about how you would handle the situation That might be how it shakes out Is that now. how you'd like it to be? Yeah, I would like it to be more hands-on. Like, right, I feel like you have be get a better. Like, yeah, you have, you have an erratic have... employee. What do you do? But no, it's going to be more. You have an erratic employee. Analyze his, you know, stratify his personality across these five criteria, and then blah 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 blah
0: blah. Or you have like a team of developers. One is chronically late. The other one is jerking off in the corner. Well, that's kind of what we did
1: on the first which day. One, of which client.
0: one do you punish? Like which one? Like how do you even? You like... watch him. <laughs> well, no, you're like, all right, if you're late one more time. You're done. And then he's like, Well, he's jerking off in the corner. Like, how do you handle that? That's from Earson Party Down. No. Oh, my God. Is that a movie? It's a TV show about caterers that work in Hollywood. Caterers? Uh, caterers. Okay. And they're failed actors. Okay. And uh, she comes in late. He's like, You got one more warning. And he's like, What about the guy that jerked off in the, the closet 10 times? And he's had to fire him. So, you know. Yes. Anyway, So, on the first day of class, someone
1: didn't show up on time. He was like, We have one person on the roll, he might show up like five minutes late. What do we do about him? And so he, you know, opened the question up to everyone. He's like, make him up front. Make him stand up front. Make him stand up front on one foot. And, you know, it just kept escalating like that. And we didn't make him do anything, but... Why
0: not? You want to hear what my professor did? Kids undergrad? <laughs> That's why. No. No, I mean, I've heard about... It. Okay, so... I think that I'm selling the brain center as like this, like, elite thing.
1: I don't think you're selling it as... Well... I'm trying. I think I think it built itself
0: as a lead because they try they try very really hard to but I, I think that there is a in a a girl came late to our class on Thursday oh boy and um, I'm not saying that it's I think that there's just this work ethic they want you to have because it's so important that they sell their own students this way right because to get out that way because a school also is has a product that they're producing yeah the school's is product is a student right. So anyways, the girl comes in. So the Brand Center lecture hall, quote unquote, is not really a lecture hall. It's a, we have this, this big room, no, I'll show you around. But there's this big room, and there's all these chairs on a rise. It's, it's, it's a lecture hall-ish. There's a big curtain that goes around it. It's in a o- big open room. Okay. So when classes happen in there, they, they close this curtain to make it a classroom. Are you Are supposed to stay silent when you're, like, walking around it? Or no, walking? no, no. People are loud around it. I mean, because the, the Brand Center itself is a big working space, too. Um... The little labs are there, and they have, like, the four K monitors. They're. I didn't think I'd actually notice the difference, but now I'm fucked. So um, that that forty odd inch TV oh in God. the other room doesn't 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 cut it anymore. Uh-huh. Still, still pretty good. It's a fifty five inch. Um, so she comes in late. So the, the, to get in, you have to kind of open the curtain. And there's a so, there's a curtain around. Everyone's facing it. There's a big screen that drops down. So the opening's behind the screen. So you see the feet first. And she walks around, and then Fensky, who's the professor, um, is like, he just stares at her. And the class is silent, like <laughs> silent, like just fucked. And everyone knows it's bad because everyone knows about this guy because the previous class told had already gone to because there's two sections of it. There's the strategy and CBM, which was calling them, and then the creative, the strategy and creative have second Did they just walk out shell shocked? Kinda. And I don't say too much because he's, he's big on like I don't want you recording class. I don't want you doing this, this, and this. I want this to be a space where I can say whatever I want to say and I feel like I need to say and you can react accordingly and I'm not going to get punished. Um, so that's interesting. Anyways, it doesn't matter. So, that's yeah, all HR. Well, and sometimes he doesn't. Um, but she comes in, closes the curtain, comes around, and she immediately is in panic because all of us looking at her She's looking at the teacher who's just staring at her. And she's like it, for like, it felt like forever. It was probably like 10 seconds of silence. And she's like, so she tries to walk to her seat. And he's like, uh-uh. She's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. She's like, he's like, no, 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 no. She goes to the front. He's like, well, he's, he points that way. And she's standing there. And um, he's like, I want you to uh, apologize. So she's apologizing. he's like, not to me. She had to turn and apologize to the whole class. He's like louder. Like they can't hear him because she's like, mm. and, uh, and she's in my uh, Bob group. She's a really nice girl. And um, he's like, when you see a closed door, do you always open it? Oh, no. And she's like, what do you mean? He's like, I mean, if my door's closed, would you just come into my house? Would you just get into my car? When the door's closed, the door's closed. And um, that's paraphrasing. Like, he said it much more eloquently. And he's like, go close the door. Which is already a problem because it's just the curtain. so like making a bunch of noise the rings are just... Oh. Yeah, yeah. So she walks back. And she's now behind the screen. And you just hear the, her pulling one and she walks back. He's like, nope! She has to go back. In front of the whole... Like, this is a 50-person class. No. Like, a 40... It's big. Slamming it something. He's like, it's not how I did it. Finally, she's like, I, I don't know. I pulled them both all the way. He's like, alright. Finally, they kind of have, an, like, a, a pretty endearing back and forth, and he's like, but he made his point very clear. Don't be late. Don't we'll be late to his class. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, if your phone number goes off... Oh, no. You you have to bake the entire class cookies, and then he throws you out of the next class anyways. Or you get an absence for both classes. Oh, my God. And you can only have, like... I don't think you get any excuse absences. Because your grade is being in class. Right. He hasn't... He hasn't I don't know if he grades your work. I don't know how it works. I have, I have the syllabus. I, I mean, as someone who hates when people walk in late. I Oh, I, I'm all for it, man. Because it drives me crazy. And I hate when people leave early. Two things that drive me crazy. But the
1: best one, the best way I've seen that handled in like a nicer way was my professor for textual analysis. My first semester here was like, you know, we had a one of the lecture halls in hibbs in mm-hmm. the corner. She just comes in and she goes, okay. Class starts at... 1220 or whatever I'm going to give you a 5 or 10 minute uh, gap this door is going to be open second I close this door don't come in I. that's a fair that's a I understand Like, and someone came in late once and this was like in the middle of the semester and that's when we had that hurricane Mm -hmm. going over Richmond Mm -hmm. and she comes in and my professor very nice very petite woman part of the English department she turns she goes I'm sorry but you have to leave and she's like there's a hurricane, but there's a hurricane site so I'm like, I'm sorry. And she just kind of like motions to the rest of us. Like,
0: we're all here. And yeah, she's right. I like when people said... I think as long as you, you set the tone and you're consistent... The same thing with like... That's how Yuri talks about coaching. Like, I don't care how you come across. You just have to be consistent. I mean, you can't be like a racist. But like... I mean... We, you know, like you need to be consistent. You need to be bringing a certain, you know. So, anyways. Yeah. That whole, that class is gonna be nuts and apparently he just, he's crazy. So. Yeah, my man, my um,
1: management skills development class is gonna be interesting because it ends at 9.50, but he always goes over Ooh. and I work at 10. Oh, 9.50 in the morning. Yeah.
0: I think was 9.00 at night. I was like, no, damn.
1: No. So, that was my first class. My second class is, what was my second class? I don't know. <laughs> trying to remember. Do, do, do. Oh, operating systems. And operating systems... Eh, it's operating systems. You learn about operating systems. And we're, we're going to have to do work with Linux a bunch and stuff. So and Linux command
0: line. Yep. Oh, boy.
1: Yep, yep, yep. Which basically... Um, I think you can simulate on Mac or Windows. Probably easier on a Mac. You do a virtual it's... machine so yeah.
0: you'd be working on something
1: else that already stand up somewhere. They do have they do have um terminals for you to use it on in the business or in the engineering school, but, but I think
0: you'd remote into the terminal then. Maybe. Cuz like when we use Linux servers, like all our Azure servers are Linux for SB&A? Yeah. So Microsoft Azure it's using Linux servers. I mean,
1: a lot of all servers basically nowadays. Well, use Linux.
0: And I mean, you can use you, ours. Have to be Linux because they have to be. Um, what I'm saying is like it's Mance. like
1: almost impossible, or it's not impossible, or Land it's stack really hard to find yeah. a non-Linux built right server stack. So, so that'll be interesting. I have no idea how that class is gonna go because I had that professor for second half of programming.
0: Did you like him?
1: Mm-mm. Uh, he he. But it was also his first semester teaching because he's been a math professor forever. And they brought them over to the computer science department because they need more professors.
0: What is going on with comp They're
1: just a lot of people retired. And one, so then,
0: and, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's sad.
1: Well, and then one went to
0: computer engineering. That's a cool program too. Yeah, not what you would not applicable to anything you want to do, but
1: yeah, I'm not much of a hardware guy.
0: Yeah, I, think I, I think I like I like the hardware aspect well, of it. You have things. a class
1: called Physical Computing.
0: Yeah, that's true. I'm really excited about it. That's more prototyping, though. Like it's
1: right, you're not like breadboarding or anything. No. Nah. You probably like electrical
0: engineering, too. We talked about that. Yeah, I think electrical engineering, I think what Will does is really cool. Mindstorms. Mindstorms. What's your other class? Uh, I said you're taking all of them, apparently.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, screenwriting is my next class. We talked about it a
0: little earlier. Not, not here.
1: Right, but I wanted to. So that class, like I was telling you before, that class is really cool because I've taken three semesters of creating creative writing so far, but it's all prose writing. Mm-hmm. So writing a different format, I think I like in being being less verbose, because to a certain extent, like I'm visual, and he even the professor was like, you need to think visually. So I don't like having to explain the picture in my head like so you know novels are filled with pages of (coughs) imagery and and verbose descriptions of Mm. the setting and Mm. the scene and everything but and he shows the example he's like okay you're a prose writer and and it was like in script format someone wrote this huge paragraph like setting up the scene he's like no and then it was like and then they cut it down to like three sentences
0: it was (laughs) like Day or day, a sunset, right? Bop bop bop. Well, because a lot of the visual decisions are gonna be made by right. other people, and the director, right? So apparently, there's a
1: difference between the screenwriter script and the director script, right? Because the director will go in and Have put his, his hands take. on it, yeah.
0: Which a lot of people, I love that process. I think that's, I think that's, awesome. that's cool, awesome. Yeah. I love because so much of what we do, anyways, is, is, is when you build websites, that even that's a good group process. Yeah, um, that's really
1: cool though. But so, so he used to, from and he, he didn't say this, I mean, from what I've observed, from what he said, he used to work for Warner Brothers, mm-hmm. or used to be screenwriter, you know, contractor for Warner Brothers, and he was telling us about, like, how the business kind of works, things like that. Most, one of the most interesting parts was the contract. So, screenwriter's contract, and this was when he was working, so the figures might have changed, $70,000, three drafts you have 16 weeks and the catch it's only a draft if the studio says it's a draft so he brought out an official uh, screenplay of Inside Man you ever seen Inside Man mm. with I've heard about it Denzel Washington it. yeah yeah I and knew it it's a really good movie yeah. like, I really liked it when did I was he write it. it no 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 no, no. Oh, I was like, no, he, no he got it from Universal because so you can like yeah. ask them for scripts Um, Or, no, he's part of the Writers Guild, so... No, he's part of the Academy, the Oscar Academy. Oh, that's cool. So when they want him to vote on best screenplay, they they will send him the screenplay to get him to vote on it.
0: He's the real deal, man. That's cool. Um, I got goosebumps. That made me excited.
1: So he shows... All right, so on the first page here, the tile page, um, every draft is printed on different color paper, so they can designate, they can differentiate that, oh, this is a new draft of the, uh, script. I'll read all the different colors this script went through. The white draft, the blue draft, the green draft, the orange draft, the pink draft, the goldenrod draft, the cherry draft, the orchid draft, the lavender draft, and he kept going, and then he got... The second blue draft. Mm-hmm. The second orange draft. The second pink draft. And at the end, he was like, this is 19 drafts. For three drafts. For 16 weeks. Client. I'm giving you 14 weeks to write one draft.
0: 60 pages. Damn. Yeah. But 70K, though. Yeah. So Screenwriting can be lucrative if you're a working screenwriter. And that's
1: what he said. He said, like, there are plenty of people that make a very
0: good living writing screenplays that never get made. Oh, that's a huge... Well, Gary Wood talked about that. Yeah. That's, like, half of, like, what he did for a while.
1: I think that's really cool. I mean, like, you're still producing work. You're still sharpening your
0: skills. Because even, like... I mean, there's a ton of fucking productions that never get seen. Like, just screen test stuff. Yeah. You know?
1: And then there's another catch to this that, you know, obviously the 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 studio can bring other writers on to Mm -hmm. have their crack at it the studio decides that the draft is the screenplay has been edited enough at like enough writers have touched it that it's no longer you that it's far enough away from your original version they don't have to pay you any royalties when the
0: movie comes and that happens um what did that happen with it happened something recently where they left the person's name on it, but they ain't touched the project in like seven years. It happens a lot. It's a weird, that's a yeah, weird business. But it's fascinating. Television writing is actually even lower barrier of entry because a lot of it's like like we have like late night, like a lot of daily stuff where they need writers. They need, they need writers. Just need that bullpen. Yeah, you know, need people come with content because you have to then crop it and then you have to. But it's just like for so long, I've just been
1: kind of soured on that like business acumen kinda like muddying that whole thing. But I mean like you still like movies still there's still great movies coming out all the time.
0: I think that's more I mean, not that I, I think that narrative writing is, is super cool and I think that writing your story is fascinating. But I also think you gotta figure out a way to make a living. Oh right. Yeah. Not you specifically, no I mean, know what I, you I, it's like it's a really important I think that, that that's the most excited I've been about like one of your writing professors. Because I think it's, it's a good angle. Yeah, he
1: was really cool. And then another thing he brought up. so it empowers you guys yeah. as writers. So we were also talking about dialogue.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because, you know, you think a screenplay, you think it's mostly dialogue. Right. And he said... It's a screenplay. It's, Play. Yeah. It's, he said, dialogue is not the most important component. Dialogue is only important if it furthers the plot. Right. So he gave us an example, and this wasn't a screenplay. This was a fiction piece. It was a one-page story that won some award in, like, Florida, some state or county award for, like, best, shortest fiction piece written for some some year. Mm-hmm. And he told us about the piece, and the piece was about this kid that was in a convenience store, and he was shoplifting. Mm-hmm. He was filling his pockets full of stuff. And then he goes up to the clerk, who's also, like, the store manager. It's, like, a little general store. And he, like, puts a candy bar on the the counter to pay for it. And then my professor goes, what did the clerk say? And everyone's guessing. It was, like, are you going to pay for that? You know, is that all? Blah, blah, blah. He's, like, then what did all that do wrong? What that did is told us something we already knew. We already knew that the kid was shoplifting. This is what the clerk said. The clerk said, doesn't your father have enough trouble to deal with?
0: And what that does is that informs the, the reader. the yeah. kid and his family. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah. One, you know, the other thing is that in a book, you can have throwaway. You can't. It's not good. But you can. Mm-hmm. But in a movie, any throwaway dialogue, any... It's bad. It's bad, you know. It's wasting money. It's wasting screen time. It's production. Yeah, it's production.
1: Yeah. Um, he was saying that, too, because he's also a novelist, and I think he writes primarily historical fiction from what he said like american historical fiction and he had one screenplay that he adapted from a novel that he wrote and apparently there's someone that he knows fairly well i forget what her name is but she's like very well known in hollywood circles for being a screenplay doctor mm. that comes in fixes your screenplay mm-hmm. She was reading a screenplay that he wrote based on a novel he wrote and there's a scene in the screenplay that is like the funniest scene in the entire story. Mm -hmm. It's just like, anyone will bust out laughing reading the scene. And they're talking about it, and she's like, so tell me about the scene. It's like, oh, isn't that a great scene? It's like, so funny, isn't it great? She's like, yeah, it's really funny. It's a real shame you have to cut it. Mm -hmm. he's like,
0: why? It's like, because it does nothing to further the plot. Yeah, I mean, and and sometimes you can have, like, one-off things that makes it more genuine, but it has to exist for that reason. Yeah, well, I mean, look at... Like, that kind of recontextualizes a
1: lot of, like, com- comedy movies or a lot of, like, or even something like Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, yeah. whenever he makes a joke, okay, what does that inform us more about his character? Like, that's interesting. That's interesting to read that in, in that way. Yeah. To, so, like, okay, what choices, like, how can I read the production of this movie just from the end product? Like, how can I tell where the struggles were between maybe the writing staff and the director or something like that? Just in, like, where are the fingerprints on this?
0: Well, I think you see a lot of really, really good movies that have a, a close writer-director relationship. Or the writer is the director? Well, that that can be really good and really bad. I mean, if it's a really good writer who's also a really good director, then that's awesome. But if it's like some director who wants to work on a pet project or, or something? Or some director. It's a really good director. that's not oh, a great writer. Um... Has Spielberg ever, like, written?
1: Or is he always producing and directing?
0: Let's see. Oh, I'm also... I'm on the Also,
1: the best thing about being in this class, and it's a lot of creative ad people. And then it's also, I think, English majors?
0: Not English one.
1: Um, No one knew what an elevator pitch was. Or, like, couldn't explain it in a good enough way. Even from ad? Yeah, well, yeah, I guess. Jesus Like they knew what it was But he's like Define it for me And I'm like They call an elevator pitch Because it takes from The time you have an executive To explain your idea From the bottom floor To the executive mm-hmm. suite Because someone said it, it was like Oh it's like a minute pitch He's like It's shorter than that
0: Yeah It's gotta be like A sentence Yeah Or two You gotta be able to Um That class sounds awesome Yeah What else you you taking? I am taking... As we talk about college podcasts about <laughs> video games. I'm taking Artificial Intelligence,
1: which I have no idea how that's going to go yet. Because that's pretty...
0: Oh, uh, we talked about this, though, how you're designing actual, like, useful intelligence, not video game intelligence.
1: Well, so, there's a project component, but he said you can pick, like... It's a lot of paper writing, and then I also I think it's a lot of, like, MATLAB programming.
0: So wait, before you go, these are these are the writing credits for Steven Spielberg. Oh God, Poltergeist, the new one, Medal of Honor Pacific Assault, Medal really? of Honor Rising Sun, Medal of Honor Allied Assault, Medal of Honor Frontline. That's great. Medal of Honor Allied Assault. I love it. AI. <laughs> Medal of Honor Underground, Medal of Honor, and then a couple TV shows: High Incident, The Dig, Amazing Stories, The Goonies. Oh, okay. The original Poltergeist. Um, Close Encounters the third kind. Okay, that makes sense. Sugar Linux Plus.
1: Was the third Encounters come out before ET or was it after ET?
0: Third Encounters. That was. When ET come out? Mid eighties. So Close Encounters is nineteen seventy seven.
1: that's probably before. That's the same year Star Wars.
0: Yeah. I feel like, I feel like ET came out in the eighties. Yeah. Pretty sure. Mm, 82. Yeah. God, good lord. Man's Jaws. Been, Close a, Encounters. A lot of movies. 1941. Raiders of the Lost Ark. E.T. Twilight Zone. Indiana Jones. The Color Purple. Empire of the Sun.
1: I've never seen The Color Purple.
0: Yeah, I've read The Color Purple. I used to color with The Purple. <laughs>
1: I've seen The Color Purple. Yeah, so AI, I have no idea how that class is going to go because it was teleconference the first day. Mm-hmm. Not only was it teleconference, his audio kept cutting out. And on top of that, um, my professor is Serbian, um, so English isn't his first language. Oh dear,
0: this is the...
1: I heard about this, yes. And then the TA's first language was also not English. Okay. So there's this huge language barrier between us telling the TA, but also the professor something, because there's a microphone on the camera.
0: Oh, And then the TA like would manager. repeat
1: what we said... And then the professor audio would cut out, and then he'd come back and repeat what we said, and then we repeat what we said, and it was just this huge endless oh, cycle God. of incompetence. And I just wanted to slam my head into the desk.
0: That's bad. That just looks bad on every. That's just bad. It wasn't great. Well, wow. so we gotta take a break really quick, and hey, we're back. Dylan, talking about AI. No, we're talking about classes you don't learn. Yeah, AI. Oh, well we're we talking about more okay, fine. Let's talk about AI. Let's let's, let's talk about AI. Oops. Let's talk. I wanna hear about AI. That's it. Really? Yeah. after all that? That's what you're gonna bring me? Yeah. Alright. And then my last class is senior project. Oh my god, how many fucking
1: eighteen credits at six classes.
0: That's a lot of classes, man. Um I did the eighteen credit thing one semester. This is my fourth semester doing it. Well, uh, you're the one that wanted two degrees and two this hard programs, so... Almost done. Your asking salary better be like 200K. <laughs> I, I think that's stretching it. Nah. By about
1: 130,000.
0: So 70's like your... Uh,
1: 70 would be high. Really? I think start... Well, if you're just looking at computer science, uh. starting is 60, 65. It's pretty good,
0: though. It's and in two years, that goes way up. I ain't complaining. Yeah. Um, you live in a city that's got a low cost of living, like Richmond, you'd be doing good.
1: Doing good. And then Senior Project is the capstone course for computer science. Basically, every engineer student has some sort of form of Senior Project. <laughs> and how it works is there are X number of projects, and you form X number of groups. And pick a project, and they're sponsored either by internally by the school, its research professors are doing, or it's sponsored by external firms that want something. So, um, Cap One wants some API thing done. Ooh. Cap One actually wants two projects. One's a mobile thing, one's API thing. I don't know anything specific about them, so won't get in trouble for that. Um, and then. There's one about like natural language processing for like search queries. hmm There's um, a couple just mobile apps, like Willow Tree apps out of Charlottesville, if you know them. They are looking for a group to do app development.
0: Really? Yeah. I think Willow Tree?
1: Like, Willow Tree apps. I've known a couple people who like interned there out really? of Charlottesville.
0: Yeah. They're pretty good. I know Daylight, Sevenlight, something like Lamplight? Lamp light? I don't know. Lamp
1: Gotham by lamplight.
0: Man, we almost named it Lamp That would've been cool I like Ward more
1: Ward's cool Look at our fancy website It's so nice it's not, it's not It's gonna be up in a minute It's nice, I like it mm, yeah And um, But one cool one Because I was reading the descriptions for some of them There's a 3D visualization A data visualization Something with data science and apparently VCU's trying to put together a virtual reality simulation lab, something like that. So they're getting a bunch of rift kits. And yeah. gets mess around with that stuff. So I'm like, okay.
0: That one's cool. Do that one. Yeah. Do that one. So we'll see. I, I mean let me play with it. I haven't made a group, so
1: I'm just gonna say I won't work on this one, just put me with whomever. Because yeah. kinda burnt out on the whole. <sighs> Gotta find the perfect right group for this project and it's got to be great and then I have to worry about keeping everyone in line.
0: Is that you been doing a lot of the group management?
1: I did that a couple times and it probably burnt me out mm. um, more than it should have. I'm not against it but like with as many group projects I'm going to be having to do in the next year.
0: Yeah. that's Group work sucks. Yeah.
1: Doing doing that for every class would be a hassle. So as long as I am working on something I'm interested in everyone's can. Comm- Contributing, yeah. that's fine. So are mostly dudes in your classes? In my CS classes? Mostly, but it's there's a good, you know, smattering of women in there. That's a really bad
0: way to put it, but... Smattering of, here we go again, Dylan Ovinto on women. No,
1: funny. but like...
0: Um, my program is mostly women. Really? hmm
1: Well, your job is also mostly women.
0: The industry, actually? I don't know the, I mean, my last job was... Yeah, well, that's right.
1: That just just your job.
0: Men. Women.
1: But I would say it's like 70-30. That's men, pretty... That's actually
0: better than I thought. Men, women. Hmm. Women occupy 80% of all project management and account management jobs. Hmm. That's interesting. So a lot of... A lot of, a lot of So and then the creative side is 60 percent, men, to women, but like my group I'm in right now for the semester is two guys, five girls, so. Yeah, there's a
1: I feel like there's a lot of diversity in the engineering school.
0: That's good. Yeah. That's a good. I mean, we always I mean we just hired a lady developer, um, which, yeah, I, we never saw those. I mean, we interviewed one or two, but. She taking your old job, pretty much. It's fine by me, man. I don't don't have time.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so tell me about that. You said you might. You said you offered part time work there, but you might not do it. Yeah,
0: because it's just there's so much, so much to do. And the the thing is, like, you do. Do I want to have worked for two years and come out with? less good work or I just want to just throw myself at this for two years and you know budget a little better
1: well what do you mean by budget better because I mean I feel like 10 hours a week which is what you told me I feel like that's pretty that's a light load like for sbna like I don't know how that would tie. I don't know how that would fit in with your classes but like how much how much less work could you do I don't think I mean I think I'd be better off just not working okay you know and my question would just would be how would you what would you do for money
0: hmm loans okay so I figured yeah you you know I would I would probably just pull I mean I, I'm I've saved up enough to get me through most pretty much this year okay um cause pretty much when I decided to go to the brand so i start compi- like, just started compiling saving money saving money saving money and there's no um there's no summer classes right no, no 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 any intern you 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 don't they don't require it but um it's good too yeah well and then they make their intern they make sure first of all that when you get an internship it's paid you should never they're like don't you're a graduate student don't take it on a paid internship and then they they try to make sure that they say the average is like 15 an hour for their interns but i could probably ask for a little more you experience. Because I've had, well, and I just have development stuff, so I can go and do web dev. Yeah. Light front-end stuff, even. But that's still a valuable resource. Yeah. So. I mean, my
1: first internship was 15 an hour, and that was. That was nuts. Super unskilled, and. I mean. That was for a big company, though. Speaking for myself. Yeah, so a big company could. Yeah, like an I was that was
0: paid. Minimum wage? Nine dollars? No, 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 no. I was no, paid, minimum I was, was seven. I know what minimum. The was. library was paying me Minimum. And then Espionage, when I came in, paid me 10 an hour. Which is pretty good. wasn't bad. No. And then when I got my first salary job with them, it was fourteen fifty an hour. My, res-
1: my first restaurant job when I was in high school was 10 an hour. Really? Yeah. For a restaurant? Mm-hmm. That's really good.
0: Yeah. under that- the table? No. Really? Yeah. Um, you see the Buzz and Dads up their, their minimum wage? Oh really? Twelve seventy five for busters and servers. For, that's the lowest they pay anyone. Good for them. I thought that was really cool. I was like, I like. To, I'm gonna eat more buzzin'ez because I like that. That's a. It's a good. Because they they they're having problem hiring people that they can retain. Right. So they're like, well, what would be the better company to work for? And they what kind of food is it? Buzz. It's like barbecue, okay. ribs. I've only ever seen the sign. Really? Yeah. Do you like barbecue or ribs or anything in that I don't thing? like vinegary barbecue. I like sweet barbecue. They have that. I mean, they have both. It's good. It's so good. Oh my god, I love ribs. I guys that's there I go tomorrow.
1: I haven't had ribs in. Nope, that's what
0: we're doing. Years. Yes. I don't eat out much. I do. <laughs> so, you mentioned on here, so that's your schedule.
1: That's my schedule. Oh, I wanted to ask you something. Well, maybe
0: you go first. No, you go. For, you go first. <laughs> yeah, you
1: go first. Um, so how's that going to tie in with the with our stuff? Our Cause, stuff? Because I mean, we're both going to be super busy. Yeah, and just we we keep
0: we keep doing what we're doing.
1: Okay. I know. I'm just speaking from my own experience. Like you know, I've always been bad about as soon as the semester starts falling off. Yeah.
0: I think you and I have made more forward progress this summer than we've ever made. So I think that, I mean, we're less busy, obviously, but I think, you know, getting nightlife up, getting the site up, getting this podcast going. I mean, we've, the podcast, I think, will help. Um, The other thing is that a big thing that they ask us, they're like, you got to have your own projects. Like, you got to have your own stuff. And, like, the games are like, you know, that's what I do that's not. School work, mm-hmm. you know, and that's they—they they know that. Like I have a, a percent. I also don't want to work because I want to have time to do my own stuff, you know, and that's so. That's how I feel about that. I mean, I'm—I'm gonna, I'm gonna be slant but they also, I think I can. I'm less concerned about that, also because the commitments that we make, I feel like, are project-based, and then as long as we look at projects and decide how we want to do them it'll be fine.
1: Sounds good. And I've also had it done where I focused too much on the game dev stuff when the semester started and it kind of fucked me over and the rest of the semester I was playing catch-up. Really? Score, rise, see. When did you do that? Last fall or last
0: spring. Really?
1: Yeah. Because I was just like, I don't care, I don't care. Hmm. Like, just focus on this and then it kind of came back and bit me in the ass. And I still did fine.
0: Yeah, but I think you got to focus on... I think that this is just like the the don't quit your day job thing. This is our our day job is school right now, and this is our. And the 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 more skilled we get at making these things, and we'll do another one this weekend, and I think that that'll all contribute towards just being better at doing it, which is all that we want to do this for is we just want to be better at making stuff. Um. Well, cool. Yeah. We're going, to, we got, we guys to start talking about, video, we got to talk about something, we got to have video games, because we're, we're already an hour and five, so we got to. Welcome to the school cast. Yeah. College cast. With your professors. <laughs> dealing you and
1: reason. Oh,
0: God. Um. So, so you have one more, we'll talk about one quick thing about school because I had to look funny. You have indications that a class is going to be bullshit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought these were funny because they, they were written with such, uh. such. Uh, I wrote that admiration. as I was doing the activities listed on I the thing. know. So, what are you, what are the ones that you had?
1: Um So, indications that a class is going to be bullshit. I've had numerous classes, mostly in the in, in the school business where it's just like, all right, they sit you down and you have to make a fucking name tag to put on your desk to indicate who you are to either the students around you or to the professor. And they give you a fucking white piece of paper and a fucking, you know, scented, you know, Marker. Give like, you markers? Yeah. yeah. Like the Mr. Smiley scented markers from elementary school. <laughs> That's the VCU ass shit, man. And Damn, then they went to the education building. And then another thing I've seen in two classes. So this isn't even specific to this class. Someone will bring up their goddamn Pandora or <laughs> fucking YouTube.
0: They want to play songs. And it's like,
1: I don't want to listen to your music. Even if the song is, it's a beautiful morning, and it's 9 a.m., and it's a 9 a.m. class, I still don't want to listen to that. Don't make me listen to your music. You're a college professor. You don't need to convince me that this is, that everyone's fine, and everything is fine, and it's all fine. I know it's fine.
0: I'm here. You sound like you, you sound fine. No,
1: I didn't get pissed until <laughs> he did that.
0: I, that. That one, the name tag thing always bothered me, but the music thing, I mean, sometimes I'm like, yeah, I'm in the mood to learn. I think it happens a lot more in the advertising, like, lectures, because they're cool ad professors. Mm-hmm. But, um, the music, that's never thats never bothered me. I don't know. I think I've just had a bad experience
1: with it, because I've seen it also in high school. It's like, teacher one, like, hey, kids, I'm cool, too. Oh, oh, my intro programming professor. That's where I learned the, what does the fox say? Oh, oh Music video. Oh, that's bad. Cause she played it there and I'm like,
0: we are seriously gonna sit here and watch this entire thing. Well, I mean, but there's some No. Not a reflection of you, but I think that, you know, taking the wind out of yourself every once in a while. Oh. Meh. Yeah. I mean, if I was a professor, you know, and like Oh,
1: you would like you don't have to impress anyone. You just go in there and you you know. But I mean, I
0: would. But I, you know, I want them to know that, like, I wouldn't show the fucking What is the fox say video. But like that sweet NASA Mars Lander video, I'd show because that was dope. Du- you know what? Every I ever teach, I'm opening every class with that super intense Mars Lander video. The sky, sky crane. Sky crane. Yeah. Um, I think the big thing that drives me crazy, or volumes me crazy, is the need to read the syllabus aloud.
1: My AI professor in his teleconference was reading, like, the thing that they have to put in everyone, like the disability services, and then the plagiarism, and then the uh, Uh. VCU on it. Like, he was reading it line by line with the audio cutting in and out.
0: I understand, like, reading, like, this is my different grading policy that you haven't run into before. This is my different... This is where you're not going to understand. But the boilerplate stuff... The only class that ever made sense was public speaking... Because she was just looking at you speak, which, fine, that makes sense. But in your AI class, or whatever it is, or, right? Yeah, it was AI. Fuck, dude, what? You're at the fucking senior level class. Of course you know these policies by now. We're still here. We haven't gotten kicked out for plagiarism. (laughs) Oh. You know, and I, I think, I think it's really important. One thing that they, 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 um... Yeah, the the speaker mentioned today is that you get, what was it, you get one first impression, don't make a bad one, don't, it's something clever. It's basically about like your your first glance on people. It's Probably is, right. Huh? No, no, no. It's that you have you have one opportunity to have this experience, and you can you can spend your your time fixing that or whatever. But at the end of the day, they're always remember the first time they met you because it's just like a human thing. Like we know. I didn't know you then and now I know you, there's a time we met. Um, and I can remember most the uh, people that I've met the first time I met them. And um, I thought that's like a really, like as a teacher, it's a hard thing because you have to make an impression that will at least dictate the next few weeks of how they approach your class. And I think that if I ever did that, I would be very much like, I don't care if you're here. You need charger? Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's fine. I have no, a the- new cable. No, but that's going
1: to fry my battery. That's a different voltage. Oh. Mine's 8 volt. Oh, Alright, okay. weirdo. Yours is like 10 volt.
0: Um, But I would just kind of set the standard. Or but also, like, I, the thing that I hate is pandering. Like, don't... Pandering in what way? Like, I'm just... I'm not saying I'm like a fucking genius. I'm saying, like... In what world do I need the plagiarism policy read right out to me? You know, i yeah. like it's just it's, it's it's dumb. Anywho, news. Dylan.
1: <laughs> news.
0: This is the news segment. WardNews.com, WardGames.com, NewsAtWard.com. New news games. Fig. We're gonna talk about Fig. I think it's really cool. So
1: Fig is Justin Bailey, who was, I believe he was COO of Double Fine. And he's no longer CEO because now he's founder of Fig, and Fig is basically a crowdfunding site similar to obviously Kickstarter, Indiegogo, except it's just for games, mm-hmm. and you have to be certified by Fig, whatever board or whatever you know um, panel they have that's curating the page. Okay, and then also there's an equity component. And I'm not exactly sure how that works because I haven't really looked... It, it, it didn't surface very well on their current, their premier game that they're that's being crowdfunded on there. I think it's called Outer Wilds. And there's... But I think if you give a sizable enough investment into the game, you get equity. Which basically means equity on the game in terms of revenue. Hmm. So in So if you give them... X percent, you get something like five percent of um, the revenues on the game in perpetuity. So it's not like after you make back what you put into it or make twice as much that you invested, you don't get any more money. It's like you will continuously get five percent earnings on the revenue.
0: No, yeah, yep, in perpetuity. So here's my thing with this. I mean, unless you, you, I mean, you make that's the that's the, the that's the pitch Okay, as far as I understand Make sure you're not still going um do you think this will be a successful venture just from our armchair fucking our 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 deep
1: business depth
0: experience cause I think I think the concept's great whatever I think it's fine
1: I think it being niche Helps it. Yep. I think it being specific to games.
0: Helps. I think I think so. You like the logo?
1: I love logo. I, I think know. it's okay. And Corey Schultz was the designer for the logo I follow him on Tumblr. And I didn't know it was him until he posted. It was like, this is the work I've been doing recently. And one of it was a fake logo. He was like, that's a fucking great
0: logo. You're a fucking great man. You tell him that? Keep doing good work. No, I didn't Aw, you tell him that. You would love to hear that. You know what? Tell him that right now. <sighs> Go find them. Well, not there on the internet. No, I meant virtually. No, I meant physically. No. So what? So what? But yeah, seriously, like, do you think this is gonna make? This is gonna change the way that games are made? That's an even bolder question than yeah, will this we'll succeed. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll go back to that one then. I don't know. I don't know. Um, because they're already being selected right? About who goes on the server. which I think is good. Okay. No, personally no. No.
1: because that means there's less cuz look at kickstarter look at all the failed kickstarters and people keep talking about whether or not this is true people keep talking about how the more failures there are or the more ve- failures there are in terms of successfully funded yeah, but ultimately work. didn't yeah. work it sours the the pool so if they could be vetted like a like fig can basically almost be treat them as a and be their publisher in a certain sense Okay. in the sense of like we can vet that these people will meet their deadlines and do this and this and this that creates a safety net for Fig as an entity I don't have a statement about whether or not you know it'll ultimately be successful but I think it's a great experiment
0: And I think I th- it's I think it's interesting because it's, it's kind of Train flipping the publisher relationship back into this because in, you're right. I think it's like a more publisher esque scenario.
1: Well, that's what Double Fine always wants to do. Like you know, there's the Double Fine partners or whatever their partner program is, where they they um, Double Fine
0: wants to spend money on people that will make them money and mm-hmm. probably they. But they also can like morally support. But they want to be able to like right. It's a really good way in software adventures to like like Coda or you know Panic. Is to like let's. Let's take some of this money that we're making and and make it make more money for us. Right. Um, and, and Double Fine's
1: always been good about, like, uh, creators' rights, like, in terms of, oh, like, yeah. you get to control your IP and things like that. Well, I that. think
0: their leadership is pretty, pretty transparent, and I think that it comes from the top down.
1: And I mean, I respect the hell out of Justin Bailey. Like, mm-hmm. watching the Double Fine documentary, he played a big part in making the decision to break Broken Age in half mm-hmm. and release the first half on Early Access and then so so that could the money they got from Early Access could then Funnel be though. funneled into Part 2 and I thought you know I'm not going to sit here and say that's it's a master stroke but it's a really good you know well it's better than can from the game yeah it's a really good decision or s- limiting the scope of the game which right. you know they didn't you know didn't it? want to do and so I think just Justin Bailey has a really good business mind Okay. And I think he obviously has a vision and a solid idea to go with. Because, you know, he's more a business person than Tim Schafer is. Right. And so he probably vetted and planned out this, planned out fig to a certain extent into its future. Mm-hmm. And seeing like, okay, these are potential pitfalls. I mean, obviously everything you have to do. When you create a business plan, you have to understand the risks and the opportunities and how market forces and how externalities are going to affect where it's going to go. So Mm -hmm. if you're going to ask me, will this be successful? I have no idea. Okay. Because I just don't. I just, I, I, this just excites me as someone who would want to be a developer, who would want to be on this platform because just one more platform
0: Right. To try I mean, that's and try fantastic.
1: And it's a new platform. So, you know, it's a less crowded
0: space at first.
1: And people already look at Kickstarter to a certain extent and say, "Oh, it's either old or it's broken to a certain extent or, you know, there's no insurance policy." It's like and and it's nothing on Kickstarter's fault. I don't think Kickstarter is wrong for making the choices it does in the in the platform they created. But by the things people try to do to either swindle or you know make improper choices on Kickstarter it, it it muddies the pool so
0: the pools getting ever larger right I don't think we've hit the the, the breaking point of, of content being created so the space is crowded right I think fig is addressing an issue that either I didn't know wasn't already solved or was already solved. Does that make sense what I'm saying? In terms of funding? Right. Because I think the equity-based stuff, I think people are already out there and doing that, but maybe not at the scope that some of these partners might be at, like smaller scope projects. And definitely not in the public eye. Right. So that's the other thing, is that these deals aren't in the public, which is, that's kind of cool, but I, I just feel like for these deals where you're asking for equity, they ask for so much money that people are already doing that. And some of these, I mean, but we'll see. But look at, like, you could just make like a little, like, holding company
1: with a bunch of people you know and just pull right all your investment money and then it right. into there
0: or i mean there's a lot of options that i need i haven't thought through i guess but the thing is, is like what's interesting to me is i see this being more of like bigger bigger and this is this is a space for larger projects that come out of independent studios that are like 50 people now like, like, a, like, a, like a, well,
1: yeah. Schaefer used the term "triple I" development right. as opposed to just regular indie development.
0: I think that's a good stratification because we, we as an industry, need to see this space either grow into a larger thing, um, because the 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 the, the garage mm-hmm. devs like us. There's there's one. You throw a rock, you're gonna hit one. Like it's this is a crowded space. So yeah. I think They're you, fighting over each other. Well, and we need to start seeing some stratification and essentially <laughs> the industry rebuilding itself the way it was before. Right. But with more...
1: Which is why I believe that there's eventually going to be kind of like an implosion mm-hmm. in terms of just indie devs are just going to start buying out other indie devs. Right. Like UNC Supergiant, maybe a couple years, a couple more projects down the line, or Cappy or someone, or maybe Fulbright mm-hmm. or Campo Santo. They're just going to start eating the smaller ones. Not in a bad way, but like they they they're, they're, they're going to be hungry for more talent. Well,
0: talent, like the, the thing is is that there's going to be eventually a talent a void. Void, right? Which is what's happening in like software development now and in digital media is that there's so much demand for it that companies they want there's money on the table, they just can't get it cuz they can't get product out. And they can't get um So, fits cool. Yeah. Well, cool. to to what you kind of spurred an idea in my head
1: about, like, you could expand this to general software development.
0: Oh, yeah. Which would be really cool. Like, and then triple. that, then you start seeing, like, the armchair, like, uh, investors that might want to take their 40K they have invested in, in mutual
1: funds. Right. And then you move it to... Uh, and that's why. Because, you know, a software product, like productivity software or something like that, is a much surer bet mm-hmm. than a game where it has a shorter shelf life.
0: Well, and I mentioned to see if the what the, the more transparent the investment gain gets with pushing projects and that kind of thing, like, is it going to actually affect – is it is it going to fundamentally change how people look at their money and what it can do?
1: Yeah, if it, if it like, helped in an educational sense about finance and things like that. Yeah, or,
0: like, you know, can, could, like, a, a Capital One back a project? And then what does that mean? Like, what does that mean when you're... What? Well, they described it in here. I think Justin Bailey
1: or someone said to the effect of, like, it's not like... Or they made the comparison of the amount that you get. I don't know if they put a cap on it in terms of, like, you know, A investment company can't come in and then own 50% of the revenue split mm-hmm. on the game. And someone made the analogy of, like, if you bought a single share of Apple stock... Mm -hmm. Apple, you're not on the board. Like, Tim Cook's not going to listen to what you say because you own a share of however many outstanding shares there are. So I think it's... What if you own 40% of the shares? Well, if you own 40% of Apple stock... You're me! You, like, killed Carl Icahn and then also Steve Jobs' widow and then also Tim Cook and stole all their bonds. Or, Mm -hmm. I
0: mean, all their shares. Carl Icahn. I'm his brother. Oh, okay. Carl, I can't. <laughs> Our parents aren't very bright. <laughs> um, it was a really hard. Burst different dads. He did his, much his better. His dads I can. I dads I can't. He did much better than I did. I did not. Yeah, Carl, I did was kind of lame. Wait. <laughs> all right, press play. What's that? Press play is the voting platform. Oh, duh! It's right, the- right their whole service. God. No, no,
1: Press Play isn't the service. Press Play is the developer. Oh, the Microsoft right? one. Right, sorry, 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 sorry. Which is weird. Because yeah, I thought it was the name of the service, too. But no, apparently Press Play is an internal developer for Microsoft Game Studios, and they made Ori and the Blind Forest, I think?
0: Did they really? Oh, no, they
1: made Max and the Cursed Brotherhood. Um, It was like the Xbox uh, like One Xbox launch game. Oh, Xbox
0: One launch game. It was kind of cool.
1: Um. Okay. And so now they're working on three different projects and they don't know where to go forward don't know which one to follow so they yeah. just open up a voting I think it's really cool I think it's really cool and I think that's why we're doing that as well Yeah, on so our I platform
0: that there's their execution of it though is more what I would want ours to be where you have actually prototypes, prototypes. Like, like those are real built out prototypes too yeah those are like the, in a way that you and I probably can't yeah. build out um, but those are like
1: the Amnesia Fortnite prototypes but uh-huh. like with a little bit more polish to them
0: well, someone went through and kind of thought through.
1: But no, that's really cool. Yeah, that's really but cool. so, like, I think what's different between what we want to do with Ward and what they're doing over there at Press Play is that we're kind of like having every like they're having three projects compete with one another. Mm-hmm. Whereas we're just like having every project, and once every project like reaches a certain upvote, mm-hmm. then that gets queued to the next stage. So it's not like, so there is a order, but it's not like it's one over the other. So someone could go through our site and just upvote everything. And so they just have their, their, um, they just toss their lot with every project because they think it's cool. Mm-hmm. But one vote and everything, depending on where we put the required. So are you just constantly ranking the ideas? I think so. So you either rank them or you queue them. So it's like whichever one hits the the voting first. And there's also tiers, I would imagine. So yeah. like you have basic idea, prototype, polished, more polished version, blah, 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 blah. If something is on stage two and reaches the number of votes it needs to go to the next stage versus someone something's at the initial stage and reaches the number of votes it needs, I think the one farther along gets
0: precedence, gets already farther along. I think I think that's a cool idea, but that would it would be more effective if we were like a larger. Sure. You know what I mean like to realize even even any, to realize anything outside of the first step, is is a significant endeavor for you and I.
1: Right. Well, that's why you keep the ideas scoped down, and that's why you put the the upvote requirements rather high.
0: Okay.
1: Cause it's like okay, we're only gonna go forward with this if enough of you guys play this and say yeah like look at the example for like you know the original Meat Boy like the Flash game Mm -hmm. or the original N on Newgrounds like they had the statistics I'm sure of however uniques Mm -hmm. unique views they had on that site and I'm sure once the uniques on that page reached six figures they were like okay now it's worth making this into an actual game or seven figures or whatever so if you put the vote max at something like a couple thousand for like going from stage, like going from initial prototype to more polish or mm-hmm. a couple hundred, mm-hmm. you know, that puts actual like, okay, you want this to be something you need to go tell your friends you need to like, you need to make this build traction. If not, then we're just going to do something else and we'll just keep doing that until we know something has hit because so people mm-hmm. will just keep playing it. But wouldn't you know that anyways, because you'd be playing it? You would, but I think there's something interesting about the gamification. Like, there's there's more effort in going... Not much, but there's more effort in hitting an upvote. Because, I mean, how many YouTube videos do you upvote versus how many videos do you just passively watch? I
0: don't upvote anything. Exactly. So, like I said, it makes this it makes sense to me. Like, I get the concept behind it. I just don't know if we have the output level to support that.
1: Okay, well then it's a, a long-term view.
0: Right, 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 right. But like, what, so then the tiers are moot. Okay. Okay. Well, I then you don't put a cap on it. I would not put a cap on it anyways, because it's hard to do.
1: Just like, just say you like this, hit yes. Mm-hmm. But I think having it visualized is cool. To people.
0: What do you mean visualize?
1: Like, the progress bar. Oh, yeah, 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 That's easy. Like, if someone still sees it. Hmm.
0: Hmm. If not, we can just get rid of it. No, 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 no. I think you should sketch it out. Of what you envision the steps. Because I think I'm just not... I'm just not understanding okay. it. Yet. I mean, it's probably, like, a two-second sketch. Um, But, press play, though. It's a, it's a sign of, kind of, like, what... Because we're such a market... Not marketer, but with internet you can get everyone's pain immediately I think it's a really cool implementation of the design by committee because that, that always terrifies me of like design by crowd right because
1: it's not like you're having it like an open google, uh, google doc saying right. put your you know uh, design document in here right. you're saying which one of these three ideas are pretty built out like
0: which one do you like well, the most it, one? It, it lets them be confident because before you do game dev and they would go dark for two years they wouldn't know if this is a good idea or a bad idea and they would pray that the marketing and the development would go well enough That I think
1: it's kind of cool that's scary like talking about the old version like did you listen to the most recent bombcast where they were talking about they are talking about MGS2 Mm -hmm. and how like they just basically had this huge campaign about how you played played a solid snake Mm
0: -hmm. I remember that happening and and
1: then it comes out and you don't play a solid snake and Mm -hmm. I thought that,
0: was that, cool. I, that could have
1: been very bad for them.
0: I mean, people were mad when it happened. Yeah. He will play as Raiden.
1: Raiden. What well, if he played his uh, Mortal Kombat Raiden? That'd be, i played play that game.
0: I played it when he played as Mortal Raiden. What's
1: his games animation story? Oh, uh... the UK is um, low on people with creative skills. Hmm. In tech skills. I think it was um, the article mostly focused on I think uh, CG the CG industry in the UK and how there's just a huge talent hole I just thought that was interesting because you know we mostly look at it from the American perspective but UK is short on people with creative skills
0: Well and did you know the average work week in the UK is forty three hours. Really? Yeah. Huh. In the US, average work week is. <laughs> oh no. Fifty or more. Oh, good. Hmm.
1: Well, that kind of goes into the next That's what I was trying story. That's to story Which is.
0: Well, and you and I have seen this. The long hours backfire for people, in con- and I think that you see this in any any industry, but especially in in out product oriented industries. So much of it is dependent on you being able to think, to solve problems. Right, and you and can't... Solving problems requires creativity, and, and creativity is, is incredibly draining. And like, it's also time-intensive. Yes. Um, I think you're seeing a lot, of, a lot of tech trend towards making it feel like you're not working long hours...
1: Yeah, that's what like Google and Facebook do with their, you know, on campus dry cleaning and babe in daycare and in, you know, chefs, five star chefs making your lunches and stuff like that. So
0: yeah. it's. It sounds so bad.
1: It's less of an issue, but you're there all the time.
0: Yeah, but at what point does like your work. And I don't think I'd ever be that way because I like doing stuff that's not on my computer, I like riding my bike. <laughs> Not like like rowing, you know? I mean, but at what point do we accept the fact that there are people that want to do this 100 hours a week?
1: If they want to do that, that's fine. If your employer requires it, that's the difference. Yeah. And I think a lot of these articles are coming out in response to that... Amazon article? The
0: New York Times article about Amazon's work conditions. I wonder what their higher rate's going to be... Oh, man. In the next, like, just six months. It might not actually go down that much because it's still Amazon. That's what I'm saying. Like, is it going to affect it? I don't know. Or is their talent level going to go down? Because that's the thing. Like, everyone needs a job. You need a fucking job. But if you're good at what you do, finding a job is a lot easier. Um, and if you've been doing it for long enough, people will find you. So,
1: It's just... And I've, and I've seen articles like that before, how, like, just this push from companies to have higher revenues, lower costs – well, not necessarily lower costs because, I mean, the, another article I saw was talking about how in the push for higher revenues, you're going to have – you're going to need your employees to work longer hours. And in doing so, you're going to have to require – to give them more amenities – so, they stay there. So, that's the examples of the dry cleaning mm-hmm. stuff. And that's only going to increase over time as these companies become more profitable and larger, is that they're going to have more um, amenities to keep people in the office. Right. And, you know, to a certain extent, like, there, you know, there's a limit. There are only so many hours in the day, and you want to have a family you want to have friends you want to have a social life you want to like people don't work their asses off in college like you and me just so they can go to a job and then work 80 hours a week right it doesn't make any sense like there's like there's got to be a limit and i think it starts you know from the top down it's like to a certain extent you have to be
0: satisfied with this rational amount of output yeah it's like this is this is how far we can go Mm -hmm. and i
1: think it's especially hard for someone like amazon because amazon is always on that razor thin wire of their margins are so yeah it's and there's like okay we can just you know just push a little bit more a little bit harder a little bit like look at their warehouses yeah like vox had a big article about oh you think Working a desk job in Amazon's bad. Try working in their warehouses where they didn't have AC at first for years. You know, and they had to try to unionize and they had to try to petition to get, you know, air conditioning put in there. And, you know, people are having heat stroke and stuff like that.
0: It's just, like. It's funny because I think we were in an era where we swayed so far, especially in the tech industry. And you hear about, like, the overwork, like, when kids worked you know, and like during and, the industrial revolution, yeah, and kids could work, you know, whatever. And then they said, child labor law, there's no way you can't take the kids out. How are we going to afford to do anything? Mm-hmm. And then it's fine. You know, and I think that you're going to see it happen less aggressive so in some tech industry that we, we swung that pendulum so hard to have these companies blow up. Cause I think you have to swing that way to blow up. Like I think it's, just, it's the nature of the beast. Cause the people that go in there and do it, the smaller companies are the ones that are truly like, invest it. But then when it gets to become a thing at scale, and it's so big, that it has to swing back to a sustainable way. You know, and people, you know, I think Microsoft managed to do it.
1: Yeah, but Microsoft had to go through very dark, balmer years where they were doing that stratified... Oh,
0: like Mandated performance the, reviews. The, G- the
1: GE, the, the Jack Welch, you know, school of thought where it's like, okay, bottom 20%, you're out. Like, just cut, you're gone.
0: Which, it's not... I think it's gross sounding now. I don't think it's it's as bad as I think that you need to perform, but I think you should be able to perform within your role. Like I think, does that make sense of what I'm saying? Like it shouldn't be a matter of like your ranking relative to other people. It's what you're bringing to the overall company. Like if you're bringing this, this, and this, and your intangibles add up I think it's it has to be a one on one basis thing. It can't be like a, a metric. That's what I'm trying to say. Because you might be a okay data entry person, which is less and less of a job anyways. But when it comes to like meetings and concepting, you keep stuff on target, you get stuff out of the house and, you know, you do a ton of project management that there's no way to measure that other than you meet your deadlines, but so does everyone else. Well
1: I think I wrote I wrote a paper about this in the in the fall last fall, I was talking about, like, I was kind of talking down this this um, rank distribution model that GE and and Microsoft used to use, but at the same in the same vein, Valve uses it, but the difference is Valve makes every employee look at every other employee, and the other employees determine your salary. As opposed to... Because, you know, it's a flat organizational structure. So... And, you know, and Valve does fine. But Valve is also like a black box. We have no idea how... Because they're a private company. Mm-hmm. Um... So... I think it just ultimately comes down to what kind of culture, culture.
0: you cultivate. I feel like cultures come up more so... and Maybe I'm just focusing on it more now. Is it, you think it's always been a big issue like company culture and we're just closer to well, working well I now? think
1: like you know in the era of like the 80s and, and hostile takeovers or something like that culture didn't exist because they didn't want it to exist because they didn't want you know right employees to have identities and stuff but now the you know innovation is bit, is the biggest buzzword and in the, st- in, in the way storytelling the way for people to be innovative is to be creative and you know independent and bring their personality into their work, then all of a sudden culture is coming... I mean, I think it's whispered by companies like
0: Google, like Pixar. Chipotle.
1: Companies, yeah.
0: I'm serious. I think that the companies that are are genuine to what they do seem to be performing better.
1: But it's also, like, from an internal perspective, it doesn't... Like... I feel like in a lot of aspects of life, people have to have this mindset that everything is a struggle and then you have to claw and kill your way to get to the top. And once you get to the top, you have to treat everyone else like shit because you were treated like shit. And that's how it's going to be because that's how you put up with it. Whereas if top level executives took a second and thought about would I want to work the position at the bottom of this chain, if the answer is no, for whatever reasons, I mean, if the reason is because I'm not passionate about the work, well, someone else might be. Mm-hmm. That's a different not argument. A but, if, but if the reason is because not enough pay, mm-hmm. you know, crazy hours, things like that, then that's... Like, when I interned for that, you know, health insurance company, one day, I they took me over to the uh, call center, mm-hmm. and I just sat there for the better part of the day with... Um, one of the um, call reps mm-hmm. and their schedule is crazy like you know it's not like talking to people all the time it's not it's not that bad like you know, yes, yeah, sometimes you'll get bad customers on the Mm-hmm-hmm. line mm-hmm. but they are scheduled to the minute for breaks and for lunch periods and I th- and then and if they don't get back to their desk because they have to they have to basically clock out off their phone when they go take a break or they go and then the clock back in and they, and if they're off by a, a second a minute whatever then that comes out in their performance review or whatever because it's all about efficiency
0: but I think that also that when you're joining the workforce and you're looking at opportunities that you have you know then maybe you you don't go I don't know well and
1: you have to you know obviously people working in that position are going or, or unskilled labor, and right. things like that. And, you know, they, they may not have as many opportunities, but, I mean, like...
0: No, 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 it is, like, a little kind of, like... It's gr- like, that's a human being. No, no, and that's the thing, is that you see the argument for a lot of, like, socialist tendencies to be... society's come this far. How can we leave the, this behind, right? Which makes sense. I mean, I think that... This, term, what do you mean? Leave what behind? These people. Right. How can, how can we let a certain segment live so well, and... The other they're just people like people deserve to you know
1: just like you know split split the their hour and split their shift with someone else and then give like and then raise both their salary i mean obviously that's a crazy thing it's like okay you, you want me to double my workforce and then give everyone raises like what are you saying but it's like it would feel horrible if part of my as a manager and executive part of my responsibility was to maintain a call center either here or abroad and Like, and that was the way people were held responsible for their work.
0: Well, email, I I genuinely believe, is is part of the problem with a lot of company culture because it's a lot easier to to scold someone over an email. Right. It's not personal. And I think that the shift back to more personal communication helps that a lot. Well, that's why a lot of, you know, those call center jobs are coming back into the U.S. Mm -hmm. Because
1: customers, you know, don't want to go through phone trees. Right. They don't want to deal with someone out of
0: country that, you know, cannot don't speak american <laughs> we can't sympathize with them hey right. no i mean i think i think that that's i think we're in a, a pretty lucky time because i think that i think that it's it's about to hit a bubbling point where like cultures are already changing left and right i think that we're seeing more and more of it you know but i, I do think that this tech industry has, has built itself up on this look at what we're doing that's so cool Forget everything else. That we're yeah, just don't look at long. the foundation on which it's like built. Like the foundation that Google's built is just in a giant invasion of your personal data and selling that. Anywho, what you want? How many games? Because we're running really long, so you gotta, you gotta. You All right. do I want to talk about games? The
1: playing or the games that we have on this list. Because before we even started this recording, it was breaking news. I saw that. Poke tournament. Are you excited about this? It's coming to the Wii U next spring I am so excited are you gonna get a Wii U I want a Wii U for just Mario Maker man
0: really man just get a Wii U and I haven't played Wind Waker I mean that'd be a perfect excuse to play Wind Waker Pikmin 3 Wii U's got a pretty good I mean Wii, I mean, buying a Wii U today is a fine investment
1: I might give it 6 months really and just see what the price is like after Christmas I mean, well NX yeah the closer we get to NX cheaper that console is gonna be
0: or if the NX would be backwards compatible, and you're like, oh, all right, fine. <laughs> I mean, I think the Wii U's done a good job. Like, I think uh, Mario Kart looks amazing. I think uh, Super Smash Bros. is fun. Super Mario 3D World. 3D World, rad. Um, fucking Splatoon. Okay. Splatoon's dope. Captain Toad. captain and Toad, amazing. Sarah loves Captain Toad. Wait, where did she play it? We played it at uh, GameStop Kiosk one time.
1: Oh, okay. And the Rayman games look really good. I mean, I know those are cross-platform. I think there's
0: a lot going for I just... Just release them on PC, man. Let play Nintendo. Get your shit together. It's just... It's silly. It's just so silly. Mm-hmm. Just as a consumer, as a fan, it's silly. I want some fucking 3DS games to come out. When's a 3DS game come out recently that's been cool anyone's been talking about?
1: Codename Steam didn't really like the World Fire, player, did fire. it?
0: The new Fire, I guess, but like, a, I love my three DS. I love playing games on three DS. I didn't get Luigi's Mansion. I still haven't played Luigi's yeah. Mansion though.
1: So what are you playing then? I played uh, Pac Man Two Fifty Six. What is that? So have you ever played uh, Crossy Road? Yes. So Hipster Whale, the developer of Crossy Road, mm-hmm. entered an uh, agreement is yeah. co-developing this with bandai namco namco bandai whatever bandai. um it's the european bandai namco which is also weird like not the american branch That was weird um but the it's basically crossy road with pac-man but it's not it's not frogger it's pac-man so it's endless pac-man in the style of classic arcade pac-man except everything is like voxel based so are you following pac-man you're controlling Pac-Man, so, you know, you swipe... But is, he, is, it, is it from the top down? Well, it's it's, it's isometric, and okay. Pac-Man, instead of being flat, he's upright, but he's, like, a volumetric... right really? Yeah. And then so are all the ghosts. So, it's called Pac-Man 256 because it's based on the 256 glitch from the original Pac-Man. Okay. So... Two fifty six is the last level Pac Man. There's a kill screen or something where it glitches out and half the screen just turns into mm-hmm, just, mm-hmm. Bit, yeah, just like bit rot. Um, so, so that's why it's endless, or that's it's it's that's why it's continuously moving because mm-hmm. you can't. It's not a a certain sized map. It's constantly flowing upwards. Okay, and the bit rot is following after you. Oh. So it's, like, corrupting the screen as it's going up. And so if you go too slow, if you're, like, trying to circle around, get all the I was going to ask how they, ab- how they
0: avoid you just... hmm.
1: So there are a couple of mechanics in it. So there are, you know, classic uh, power pellets and then regular pellets. And then you have, like, a chain for your pellets, which is, like, a separate score. Mm-hmm. So when Pac-Man eats, you know, it's wah 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 But then it speeds up, so it's like wah wah the longer you eat on the chain mm-hmm. without skipping over a gap that doesn't have any pellets on it, the higher that score becomes, hmm. um, which I think is just like a separate score to keep track of. So it's really cool to just listen to the sound effect, like rapidly speed up and try to um, stay on that chain. It's really hard because like the ghosts are everywhere. Cause it's not just for... It's like it's real like, life. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> it's like when I go to bed at night. Okay. It's not just you know one inky blinky pinky and Clyde. <laughs> All right, I got it. There's, there's more ghosts. A bunch of them, and some of them are asleep, in gray. I don't know what that's about. Because
0: they're just hanging out, just
1: like the one in real life. But there's like more um, power-ups. So there's the power pellets, and then there's the fruit, and then there's the hipster whale coins, which were in Crossy Road. You know the coins they use on the toy caps, the capsule to machine.
0: He's probably not doing too bad.
1: They made ten million dollars. Really? Yeah.
0: On wow. Crossy Road in like the first couple months. Crossy Road's the kind of game, and I've seen this is too, where like I feel like the transactional stuff doesn't take away from the game itself. Pac Man's a little grosser. Really? Yeah, because uh, I think Bandai
1: Namco kind of had their yeah, well, and, he, and he's
0: it. not. It's not all going to him anymore. Yeah. Um, also, Crossy Road's kind of a blatant rip off of Frogger. Yeah, but it's a good rip off of Frogger. I'm all for good rip offs, but. I guess who would even pursue that case? But in
1: Pac-Man, you have credits. Okay. So you have like six credits, and every time you play or start over, you burn a credit. And I guess they regenerate when you don't play the game. Ew. So they have that built in, which wasn't, which wasn't in Crossy Road. So that's kind of gross. And then there are power-ups I think you can start the game with, but are also on the map. So there's like a freeze power-up that if you hit it, um, it slows down all the ghosts. And then there's a laser power-up, which I think is like the first one you unlock, and when you start the game with that, Pac-Man just shoots a unibeam out of his mouth, and it's directional, so whichever way you're pointing, it just obliterates whatever's in that path.
0: It's pretty cool. One. So. I'll see if I can get it. It's probably not on Android yet. I
1: don't know. Did you play Crossroad on Android, or did you play it when you had an iPhone?
0: I played it on your phone. Oh. <laughs> that's right. Mm. I don't think it's on Android yet. Oh,
1: Yeah, it's called Pac Man 250. And Pac Man is in oh, all it caps. chaps. Is.
0: isn't.
1: But yeah, you can just kind of see where Bandai Namco kind of. Oh, that looks cool, though. Had their say with it, because, like, just the UI is a little muddier and stuff like that. I'm just kind of. Mm. Shame. But, I mean, you know, it's still fun. It's still, like, a great. Like, I've never played Championship Edition. I love
0: Pac Man. Oh, that's good. It's good. It's good. It's good music so fucking that game just bleeds oh my god everything the, the, oh, I can't even describe it that game just it, it was on Humble Bundle like it looks a couple so ago. right I could have just paid a pen everything about that is like you know what let's take Pac-Man and just make Pac-Man do Rails of Cocaine and go back to 1985 and just blast this uh, <laughs> just let him do just let him do blow with Nolan Dude, Bushnell mean, that's what it is I mean it's literally it's Pac it's, it's Bushnell's real Pac-Man down. What else you been playing? Pushdown didn't make Pac-Man. Atari, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Who made Pac-Man? The guy, was, the the guy was on game. Pixels. Oh, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Alright.
1: Um, you play playing anything else? Mm, Rocket League. Um, What else did I play? No,
0: that's it. Really? Yeah. How about you? Um... Uh, I don't think I've played anything. That's depressing. This is a bad game podcast. i was really bad. <laughs> this is a Cali podcast. Yeah. Hey, hey, bro! Welcome to the college podcast. I showed good. Alex Rice. Rushing for Delta Five. We were working on a project. I showed him Rocket League. We played. We played literally a round of Rocket League. You showed it to Alex, you said? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I. I don't think i am I've been reading a lot about Metal Gear Solid 5. I'm oh God. really excited about it. I mean... But I think... I don't think I've been playing anything. I'm you, sad.
1: Well, you've been reading about Metal Gear Solid Whatever, I, you know, I go weeks without playing games sometimes. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but I, I haven't done that in years.
0: Welcome to the life. No! Um. Oh, I just, I just think that the whole base building mechanic looks fucking rad. And I think that Metal Gear Solid 5 is... Someone's saying that because they have all the demos out now... Someone played it for eight hours and there's like six percent. Oh my god. It's a big game. I'm so excited. It's like Master Hunter you collect oh, it's like playing to what I love. Apparently I heard
1: um some say I guess this is their own opinions, but they said the stealth was better than and something
0: like Far Cry. I, I so I played Ground Zeroes. I I pre ordered and they gave me ground zeros. I was thinking about this, right? I love, I think. I mean, st- we talked about it last week. Yeah, about. I think the stealth, I think Ground Zero is everything about Ground Zero is the, play, the way it plays. It's not just a good Metal Gear game. You told me about getting into the truck and then it yes. drove you into the building. Yes. Plug them in! Oh, and then the other time. <laughs> too, like a real spy man. Watching me play, and uh, it was like destroy the two artillery emplacements. So I'm like sneaking in, putting C4 on them. I sneak in, this is, this is last week, and um, I, I get fucking caught. And usually in stealth games, if I ever get caught, I want to restart. But. For some reason, I just see a guy with an RPG, I run over, tackle him, knock him out, pick up his RPG, shoot the other two artillery replacements, call the helicopter, and sprint across this, like, Gitmo stand-in, and then take the helicopter out.
1: Wait, was like, the entire base on full alert at this point? Yeah, oh, oh, yes.
0: <laughs> like, but it was, like, really, it was, it was a really good, because of the game, I've been playing for a while now, too, so, like, I had enough subconscious stuff I could enact mm-hmm. quickly that I, I could make that happen but it's still it just feels
1: I need to play more of it
0: it's, it's good I haven't finished, finished the first mission here so I mean that's that's the game and then they give you like these side ops right which is what you're talking about yeah I've and done those are actually more more fun I think than the actual yeah um, I think
1: I'd, I'd have more fun with those have you looked at like gameplay videos in Metal Gear Solid 5 because some of the stuff you do that in that is nuts and I've never paid attention to that like
0: the, the the throwing people open into the portals
1: well no not just a Fulton thing but also like your teammates like you have quiet and then like mm-hmm. I think there's another dude and then there's fucking dog yeah and the
0: diamond dog well and you get it as a puppy oh yeah that's right, that that GIF, that's right that's right that's right so have you seen the thing where you can throw a grenade up in the air and tell Whisper to shoot it and it so you throw the grenade up so it's a gif and it's it's a uh, big boss throwing the grenade up she's up here he says, shoot it, and it shoots it towards the helicopter. Oh, no. It's pretty fucking metal. That's pretty stupid. stupid. No, <laughs> no! No! That's not no, what would, no, no. would happen. Yes, it would.
1: No, it wouldn't. Is yes, it would. If someone shot a grenade with a high-caliber sniper rifle shot, it would Is not it rubber bounce. Bullet.
0: Rubber bullet. A rubber bullet. Uh-huh. Bouncy ball bullet. Don't hate.
1: And then, but have you seen, like, the fucking, like, little Metal Gear, like, the little robot he can stroll around in? He's, like, a little... Is that a Segway? No, it's not a Segway. Well, it's kind of like a Segway because it's like on two wheels. It's like the big what was the thing that Otacon controlled. And, the Android. Yeah, it's like a big one of those. But
0: really, snake, snake sits in it. I haven't seen that. It's like a little. It, I've kind of kept myself in the dark on it because I want to kind of have it shock me because I've been following Metal Gear for so long now.
1: I <laughs> I will agree that game that game has style, and I think it's a little less it's a little less silly than the other ones.
0: This new one coming out Well, and Peace Walker had a, a really cool... I think with Metal Gear, there's nothing like it in the world. Like, it's such a blatant just love letter to American 80s war films. And then a, it became so much bigger than that. Um, like, you talking about things like Hunt for Red October or things like that? Like Escape from New York. Oh, okay. <laughs> um and cause he's such a blatant Kurt Russell stand in um I think
1: for this game I think it's cool if they went up to original Metal Gear
0: that's what so technically he needs to go up to Metal Gear 2 because pretty sure Metal Gear 1 has already happened in this universe no uh uh-uh. uh Oh, uh, really?
1: Yeah, because Gear 1, I think, was like in the 90s, and this is like 86. So this is
0: probably leading up to Big Boss becoming very evil.
1: But I want to see that arc. I think that sounds like a really cool arc, and how they handle it in a late, in an open sandbox game, and how that would affect the gameplay. I don't know if it would.
0: Maybe that's just going to be the arc at the very end. I think I know what's going to happen. I think the whole David Hater thing is bullshit, and that Solid Snake, because he's technically alive, going to show up. But isn't he like a teenager? At this they point? Could, they could cheese it and make him 25. Also, he has uh, accelerated aging. That's true. So when he was 10, he was just He's 25. Weird, shaped 10-year-old. And weren't we all? I was. All right, Dylan, you got anything else? Um... Lumendare. No. That's tonight. That's tonight.
1: We're going to loom right. We're gonna record a brainstorming session. That's true. And we're gonna work with two compatriots. That's right. Kirby Martin and Sam Harrington. Sean? Shit. <laughs> I'm sorry,
0: Sean. <laughs> I was focusing on That yeah, is his brother. Old <laughs> Sam Harrington. Whose uncle happened to be Frank Ican. <laughs> it all comes together. Cool, big. So that's tonight. Doing it. Ward site will be up soon. This is where you'll be listening to the podcast WardGames.com. Ward-games.com. Ward-games. Ward. 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 Bye, Dylan.